0: Good morning, dear friends and colleagues. It's my pleasure to introduce Raujit J. Young to you. Raujit is the national president of the Asian Law Students Association. So another ELSA, it's not ELSA, meaning the European Law Students Association, but in this case, the Asian Law Students Association. And Raujit as I said, is the national president coming from Hong Kong um, to this organization and to us. And I'm very, very pleased to have you here, Roger, today because you will give us a firsthand overview about the organization, but also about the impact of uh, the pandemic on the organization and on students' life in Hong Kong and in other Asian countries. And I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, welcome to this show here. Uh, Raujit, let's start briefly because most of the listeners obviously are Europeans. And we had the president of ELSA, so the European Law Students Association, in one of the episodes here, uh, which makes it most interesting to most of our listeners here what ELSA, meaning the Asian Law Students Association, is and what your main activities are and whether there are contacts with the European Association and whether there are any significant differences or things in common between the different organizations. Let us know, please, what ELSA is.
1: Okay, Uh, so thank you very much, uh, Nicholas, for inviting me to your show, and I come to the knowledge that Ask is a very popular YouTube program, uh, which is watched by a lot of European students, and uh, I'm very honoured myself to uh, share with you a bit about my knowledge on ELSA, my association, and as well as some uh, experience in studying law during the pandemic. So to begin with, my name is Raujit, and I'm the national president of ALSA, ELSA, Hong Kong. So uh, ALSA, Asian Law Students Association was established in 2002. And uh, we are fortunate to become one of the largest students association in the world. So currently we have over 9,000 members in over 17 jurisdictions. So it has become the premier representative body of law students in Asia. So, at the international level, uh, we, ELSA, is regulated by the laws of the Association of the Swiss Civil Code, uh, articles 60 to 79. And this is legitimized under the written law as having its international seats in Switzerland. So, uh, basically, our chapters include Brunei, mainland China, Hong Kong, India, Indonesia, Japan, Korea, Laos. Taiwan, as well as Vietnam. And we also have some observers in Nepal, as well as other countries. So our key principle is that we're trying to build up a passionate, hardworking and determined group of law students who will aspire to become lawyers in the future. So our main goal, our main aim is to provide our members with the understanding of law in different jurisdictions in Asia. And then we strive them lots to motivate students to develop a creative spirit and to be internationally minded through a network of joint activities among Asian law students. Uh, so as Nicholas has pointed out that we are actually very similar to ELSA. Uh, I noticed that uh, Veronica, the president of ELSA, ELSA, also appeared in your show before. And she's a friend of mine, of course. And uh, personally, ELSA and ALSA uh, have very close bondings. So basically, uh, ELSA and ALSA, actually we have signed a Memorandum of Understanding before, and then we've recently renewed it. And so the goal of having this Memorandum of Understanding is to foster our bonding, uh, so as to facilitate our collaboration in the international levels as much as possible. So uh, besides ELSA and ALSA, we actually have an, uh, other similar organizations in, 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 a, in a global perspective, such as the, um, Asia, the uh, Australian Law Sinners Association, which could mm-hmm. be simplified as ALSA as well. So we actually are uh, in a national uh, umbrella organization and that has different an branches. An African
0: and so. Law Students Association, again, starting with an A, right? So there is some kind of trademark issue here because uh, yes. all of you sound very similar, but you are also yes. doing very similar things. So, uh, and your role in this organization, Raujit, is that you are representing one of the national organizations, correctly? Uh, correct. And if so, what are your personal main activities within the organization?
1: Okay, thank you, Nicholas, uh, for pointing out. Um, so I'm the National uh, Chapter President of Hong Kong, meaning that I mostly monitor all the uh, activities of our local chapters in the Chinese University of Hong Kong, the University of Hong Kong, the City University of Hong Kong, the Shuyen University, as well as the University of Law of Hong Kong branch. So basically, I also represent the interests of Hong Kong in our monthly governing council within alsa within elsa during which all the national presidents from our respective uh, chapters in korea japan etc will discuss the amendments of our constitution and the book of guidelines as well as we will bid for hosting various international events etc so basically we have a lot of work to do we need to communicate with our representatives in various hong kong universities i need to talk with them and have regular meeting with them and to see how the promotion of our association works in their respective universities and so on so it's a mm-hmm. kind of hectic job and what is Elsa so doing
0: typically at the typical hong kong university so is it supporting students is it organizing mood courts Is it uh, bringing in some practical input into the studies? What are the main
1: activities that you deliver? Uh, Well, we do a lot of activities and we understand that uh, because of the pandemic, it is extremely hard for us to host or hold any physical events such as uh, a physical routine competition or a physical Mm -hmm. networking event. And I understand that. So in the past year, ALSA Hong Kong has, has launched uh, a vast array of activities online uh, to help students uh, catch up with various interesting topics. For example, in October 10th last year, uh, we invited uh, Mr. Jeremy Dean Cusey. He ranks the first in the UK bar uh, to be our guest speaker to have a webinar on the topic of defending the indefensible as soon. So basically, we have this lecture to invite Mr. Dean to share with our students his knowledge and his personal experience as a barrister in the UK uh, and how his experience could help our students to develop their interest or uncover their interest in the criminal law, et cetera, and so on. And uh, this is a very successful event. And we usually have uh, law students from all our local chapters in Hong Kong, meaning all the law schools in Hong Kong to participate in this event. And uh, during that we have more than 60 members uh, who joined in as participants and they've raised a lot of questions to uh, Mr. Dean QC and so on. And uh, besides from this lecture, we also have a lot of uh, joint events with foreign organizations, for example as we realize that it is not uh, sufficient if we simply hold a a local event for our students. Mm. There are many types of events in Hong Kong uh, where students could understand and uh, network with uh, local students from other law schools. But I think that it is not enough because as we we, we all know, Hong Kong is an international city. And uh, putting Hong Kong aside, I think all law students have to possess a global vision and a a global mindset so as to cope with the uh, changes of our society. And because of that, uh, ELSA Hong Kong has collaborated with foreign organizations, for example, future city lawyers from Britain uh, to provide a cross-border webinar. So basically we collaborate with them to provide students with a commercial law lecture uh, where students could uh, understand the, the, the packages of these Future City Boys. And what they do is that they will provide some uh, online lectures for students to prepare them for uh, writing their CVs and uh, having job op- applications and as well as uh, equipping them with uh, knowledge about the commercial and uh, the company side of the, of the, of the uh, jurisdiction and so on. And then throughout this kind of uh, global connections or collaborations, we could possibly uh, link Mm -hmm. students with foreign students and so on. And and that will help them extend their network Mm -hmm. to a a far greater extent, I think. So this is one of our activities. And we also, of course, uh, have networking events for students Uh, as as reflected by a lot of uh, students in Hong Kong. They complain that, well, because of the pandemic, they can't even go to school. They have to uh, stay at home all the time and glue at the computer screen and then they feel like well they have lost a lot of chances to to broaden their, their network with students right so uh, we provide them with a networking events locally uh, and of course and it will be held it was held also soon so that we uh, had some breakout room discussion sections for them that they could link up with students from other law schools and so on and then we invited uh, some prospective uh, future uh, law profession. Uh, legal professionals, legal practitioners who are, say, senior students uh, in in our law schools, and they are very uh, active and they perform very well in their grades and so on. So they could share some of their experience to our junior law students so as to prepare them in uh, jobs uh, application, in career planning, in their studies, as well as in their personal growth. So these are some highlights that we did in Hong Kong in the past year. Mm -hmm. uh, And how is uh, the pandemic pandemic or
0: what is the impact of the pandemic at the moment on the organization and on students' life?
1: Well, uh, the pandemic certainly has uh, changed our lives to a very great extent. And in the past, we expect that we will organize physical events for students so that they could uh, have a face-to-face chat, and uh, of course, uh, from a traditional perspective, a face-to-face chat could uh, are more preferred because uh, we could have a better understanding of each other. And we, all, we always think that well, online chats are way too virtual, so that we cannot uh, have a deeper understanding of each other, and there may be some hurdles in our uh, in lasting our our friendship or relationship, etc. So. The pandemic actually uh, it has inspired us to, to think of a new ways to think of new ways to 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 actually change the mode of our communication and to to change our organizations orientation, which is why uh, we start to launch a series of online activities for our uh, students during the pandemic, and then Zoom. Thanks to the invention of Zoom, uh, we could conveniently. Uh, hold different types of activities, and so on. And that's why uh, you mentioned routine competition and a lot of different activities, which are very popular and typical activities for law students. As for us, in the capacity of ELSA, Mm -hmm. uh, we turn them into virtual events. So uh, I think that this is a new normal uh, during which everyone has to, uh, to get used to but I think that it also gives us a chance to open up horizon because in the past, uh, our organisation, ALSA Hong Kong, uh, doesn't have sufficient uh, linkage with the foreign uh, students' organisation because uh, after all, we are national chapter, so we majorly focus on the affairs of Hong Kong alone. But because of the pandemic. Uh, it is more convenient now for us to do some online activities and so on. And that actually gives us another room for development. And uh, throughout the uh, advancement of technology, such as Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, or, or so on, we actually are able to reach out to any other uh, foreign students organization, not limited to our uh, our counterparts, chapters in ELSA or African Student Association, etc We also can have, uh, collaborations with say MUN, the Model United Nations Cup, so on. We, we could have reached our a larger and a wider spectrum of audience because of the pandemic. So I think that we could be always be cautious, optimistic, uh, despite the, the the sadness or the the kind of trouble that, that, is, that has been caused by the pandemic. We can actually make use of this uh, opportunity to provide students with mm-hmm. uh, a new types of activities. Um, for example, we launched uh, the student training exchange program, uh, which is the opportunity for students to gain exposure in, in to an international legal work environment and enhance their practical legal skills and knowledge with their partners. So in this year, we have four partners. One is Anglo-Thai Legal in Thailand. Another one is International Dispute Resolution and Risk Management Institute, IDRMI in Hong Kong. The third one is Cisco Law, and the fourth one is uh, SCG Chemicals Company Limited. So all these partners, organizations are are happy to provide our members with internship opportunities as long as they could uh, uh, be selected in the uh, interview progress and so on. So we hope that uh, during this uh, pandemic, we could help students to seek jobs or uh, internship opportunities. And mm-hmm. this is what we have. So been if I understand it correctly, you would say
0: that although the pandemic has brought a lot of problems, obviously, it has also brought a lot of opportunities in particular because of the fact that uh, remote meetings and remote discussions are more common than they were before. Uh, would you also say that the the contact with your partner uh, national chapters has uh, become more intensive because of the pandemic? Uh, because of the the new normal, which is that each of us and all of us are talking to each other via Zoom and other similar tools?
1: Exactly, Um, I agree with you on that, Professor. So basically uh, the new normal has certainly changed our uh, our perspective of uh, building connections and networks with our foreign counterparts. Uh, for example, in the past, we will host the, uh, a physical pro bono conference uh, in selective countries. For example, we will bid for the, being the organizing uh, committee of a particular event, say this time it's a pro bono conference and so on. And then we need to get the air tickets for our members or our participants to fly to a particular country to participate in the pro bono conference. And as you could imagine that uh, we all uh, live busy schedules, regardless of whether you are a law student or you're a legal pr- practitioner. So if I were to say that we would hold an, a pro bono conference, say in August or in, in, in July, and then in, say in, in, in Hong Kong, for example, then it would be a difficulty for some, some of us to actually fly to Hong Kong to join the activity say for just a few days and then fly back to their own country. Some of us may have other engagements during the summer, say uh, internships, works, et cetera. And it's not that easy for our very busy, presumably very busy uh, guest speakers from other you know, legal jurisdictions to uh, fly to us, uh, fly to our city just to give a one day or two day talk. But because of a new normal, we could make every impossibility a possibility now. For example, uh, in this year, uh, we helped the ELSA pro bono conference 2021. We call it ELSA around the world. Uh, and this title speaks for itself. Uh, we hope to collaborate with other, other uh, practitioners from uh, different various uh, uh, jurisdictions and so on. And this time, of course, we held it via Zoom, and then we made it possible for many busy law students mm-hmm. to participate in for two days on 26th and 27th of June and then we uh we focus on the topic of the mm-hmm. i mean the the covid-19 context because it's, as we've mentioned a couple of, a couple of times it has become a, a new normal so basically uh in this conference which was held a few days ago we brought together speakers and delegates from uh different national chapters to discuss the disruption of traditional pro bono and how we can better chart the way forward together. And delegates and were encouraged to explore the changes to pro bono uh, in the themes of legal technology, in the context of COVID-19, and to learn more about the upcoming role of the public defender's office uh, in pro bono efforts. So uh, we, we invited uh, Mr. Nicholas Shen in Hong Kong, uh, who is a partner of an international uh, law firm. And we also invited a few distinguished guests from Singapore and so on, uh, to talk about the technology's impact on the uh, studies of law, and as well as in particular, the pro bono works in Asia. So I think that, uh, uh, all, we, we, we have a different type of life. We, we have a different lifestyle now during the pandemic and that technology plays a significant role as you've mentioned in changing our way of See, life. Did you have any European effort, guests
0: at this conference?
1: Did any Europeans join? Um, for this conference mm-hmm. alone, I'm afraid we don't because mm-hmm. we focus on the context of Asia and so on, but we did have uh, some collaborations mm-hmm. with ELSA and so on. Uh, they, uh, I've mentioned to you just mm-hmm. now, we've signed the Memorandum of Understanding and then we just renewed it. So actually the memorandum itself makes a commitment to invite the European law schools to participate mm-hmm. in our annual ELSA conference and extends an invitation for the ELSA president. So mm-hmm. which who is Veronica president. Mm-hmm to attend all our yeah, council yeah. meetings and, and vice versa, of course. So we, we have a lot of collaborations with the, the from uh, with the European side. And, and uh, we understand that it is very important for us to, to communicate more uh, with friends from the other continent so mm-hmm. that we could share our experience together. Uh, we're always compatible with each other. For example, we actually launched uh, a program called Le- legit Timed, L-E-G-T, L-E-G-I-T-M-E-D, legit timed. Uh, So this is is essentially an international Mm -hmm. medical legal panel discussion co-organized by us, ALSA, uh, as well as AMSA, which is Mm -hmm. Asian Medical Students Association. So we have a lot of similar organizations Mm -hmm. that share very similar names and so on, Mm -hmm. as well as the uh, ELSA, Mm -hmm and the EMSA EMSA is the mm-hmm. European Medical Students Association. So we not only collaborate with ELSA, but mm-hmm. we also collaborate with medical law students from, from Europe. And the, the very uh, goal of this activity of this panel discussion is to uh, facilitate medical mm-hmm. and law students worldwide to learn and discuss with each other about the uh, personal medical autonomy Namely, Mm euthanasia. I see, one of the issues that all of us are facing is how to deal with different
0: time zones, by the way, right? So uh, when when you have such an international audience, right? So what what the optimal time zone to follow then would be because uh, that is obviously an issue when you have Asian and Australian and and Europeans and Americans in, in the very same conference. But Rajat, you are not only president of a national chapter; you are also a student. So perhaps you would like to share with us how your student life has changed during the pandemic and how the perspective is going to be for autumn this year.
1: Okay. Um, so uh, it is certainly a very tough time for students in uh, during the pandemic because. Uh, Uh, In the past, we have physical lessons, meaning that we could uh, communicate with our professors at campus Mm -hmm. if we have any inquiries about the studies of law. And so the pandemic certainly has a negative impact on our studies of law. So uh, I would like to cover a few aspects of the negative impacts on on our studies of law. And I will talk about Mm -hmm. the the, the good side and the positive impacts it has brought us during the COVID-19 crisis. So uh, a, a controversial issue, which has been caused by the uh, corona is that it has affected our examination method because traditionally we all have uh, physical examination. It means we have written exams on campus. And, we, uh, and but because of the pandemic, uh, the law school, say my law school, the Chinese University of Hong Kong has uh, launched the responders Lockdown Browser System uh, which is essentially a lockdown system to monitor our activities online uh, so that we could uh, have a, an online examination uh, which lasts for the same duration as our written examination. But the only difference is that we can do it at home, but with the monitoring system, uh, including a, a webcam and uh, the software that would wash over our exam period. But some students found that there are many problems. For example, the lockdown system requires our students to glue at a screen uh, all the time so that the webcam can trace it. And in some occasions uh, when students didn't look at the webcam, uh, the system automatically locked out so that Mm -hmm. the student must retake the exam in in another occasion. And then there's no separation between the question and answer book. So if we have a written exam, then we have a physical question and answer books that uh, could help students to highlight the key points and do just some notes on it. But with the online version, then students have to screw down the page and that will increase their uh, time on working on the question. Mm -hmm. And then they could not highlight the main points and print out the papers, et cetera. And there could be a lot of technical errors. For example, if the system uh, was dead i mean if the system goes wrong then the whole uh, cohort or the whole uh, body of students attending the examination we need to face a makeup exam and that will increase the time cost for all of us and it's in, in uh, from a and from an administrative level it's not uh efficient to to actually uh, hold a, a series of makeup exams uh. Uh, consecutively after the, the, fa- the failure of the system. So that is a problem that is faced by us in Hong Kong. And, but uh, for the bright side, I would say that it would increase the flexibility of our legal learning because uh, not every one of us has a hostel in our school. So uh, some people could live very far away from the campus. For example, myself alone, uh, we would need to spend like uh, 45 minutes to travel to our school. I don't know uh, uh, whether it is a long duration in the eyes of the European, because I know that Vienna or other say other European cities, uh, mm. may be much larger than Hong Kong. But from, from as you know, the Hong Kong is a really small and condensed city. So from from our from our value, then traveling spending uh, one hour or two hours uh, traveling time is already a very huge cost. So. Uh, if you imagine you have an 8.30 lesson in the morning, then uh, I have to wake up say at six, you know, to get back to school. And of course uh, that will be a tiring experience for most of us, but thanks to the e-learning online learning method, I, I could now possibly wake mm-hmm. up uh, 30 minutes before my lesson to catch up with it without facing any risk mm-hmm. of uh, failure to attend the lesson and i think that is a very uh, bright side of the uh, online methods online learning methods during the pandemic is that it could shorten our, our time our travelling time and also we have different uh, interactive functions on zoom say the breakout room function as well as some uh, very funny and uh, entertaining uh, little functions such as raising hand or or a uh, texting function and that could all help uh, improve our legal learning during the pandemic, because uh, mm-hmm. someone was maybe too shy to raise their hands during a physical lesson. And now with technology, then they could possibly do it uh, privately, say they could mm-hmm. privately uh, message the professor in, in case of any inquiries and so on. So I think there's a bright side of that is that it improves our, efi- our learning efficiency. And of course, it also helps us save a lot of time mm-hmm. to travel around different campus sites, et cetera. So I think there are both, uh, there, there are both uh, positive and negative uh, mm-hmm. uh, impacts and on, would on you, legal education. Um,
0: if, if, you, if you look into the perspective of next year, would you expect that most of the courses will be back on campus then, or will most of the courses be online, or will there be a mixture depending on the subject and the size of the students group or any other external factor?
1: Uh, Well, we just received uh, a notification email from our law school uh, last week, uh, claiming that we will resume our physical lessons in the coming September. So uh, I would certainly expect that uh, it could be subject to changes because the pandemic situation is still a bit unstable in Hong Kong or other Asian countries as well. So uh, I think that Mixed mode is a good alternative for our students. Uh, and we have mm-hmm. been practicing Maxmo mode for half a year uh, for now, until now. So uh, basically students could choose either to stay at home to watch, uh, to, to, to attend an online lesson or they could uh, physically attend the uh, the lesson at school campuses. So I think it's a good choice for us to, to, to possibly judge whether we should go back to school or not mm-hmm. based on the situation of the pandemic. Um, but uh, from my perspective, from a personal perspective, I think the safety of our students it should be our first priority. So in case the pandemic worsens, then I will certainly hope Uh, The law schools could cope with that by uh, switching the uh, lesson pattern to be Mm -hmm. completely Mm -hmm. online And The the main system that you were using at your
0: university, if I understand it correctly, for teaching purposes was Zoom. Uh, Is this a de facto standard in Hong Kong and in the other uh, countries that you have an overview on? So is more or less every law school using Zoom or are there differences in, in the technology that is used?
1: Um, I will first talk about the situation in Hong Kong, then I could possibly discuss the situations Mm -hmm. in other Asian countries from my knowledge. So basically in Hong Kong, uh, because our legal education is regulated Mm -hmm. by the Law Society of Hong Kong, meaning that any changes or any uh, significant decisions on the changes of our uh, school policies Mm -hmm. regarding the examination method, the assessment methods, as well as the mode of learning, should be discussed with the law society and should seek their approval before Mm -hmm. any uh, further steps should be taken. So because of that, uh, most law schools in Hong Mm -hmm. Kong adopt the same method, as you've mentioned, we use the Zoom as the major or the the main uh, platform for us to attend lessons and uh, to uh, Mm -hmm. possibly interact with each other so on. And I think it's become a new normal now for us to use Zoom and that, uh, Different schools, however, have uh, various Mm -hmm. methods in in, in assessment and so on, and that could lead to a problem. For example, in my school, in in the Chinese University of Hong Kong, as I've mentioned Mm -hmm. a few minutes ago, we have the lockdown system, which uh, regulates uh, students' activities during the examination Mm -hmm. to prevent any possibility of cheating and so on. But some other law schools may have different methods in Hong Kong, for example, uh, say at HAU or CTU, uh, Mm -hmm. they could have take-home examinations meaning that students could uh, simply submit a, a, a paper uh, within the deadline uh, and without the need of mm-hmm. installing a, a lockdown browser system, uh, which regulates activities during the examination. So uh, the, we have a, a wave of debates in Hong Kong on which method of examination or which method of assessment uh, mm-hmm. works for the best interests of our students. And then another controversy we face here in Hong Kong is that whether uh, student, law students should be given the chance to apply for pass fail of their grades, meaning that uh, during the pandemic, students, some students actually uh, contest that uh, they should mm-hmm. be given a chance to apply for pass fail and they don't, have, they don't have to be graded during the examination because they think that the pandemic has a very, you know, negative impact on their education and so on. Mm-hmm. And it's unfair to grade them uh, as they, they have been during the normal situation, so on. and But the law schools in Hong Kong are very divided in the implementation of their assessment method. For example, in my school in Chinese University of Hong Kong, uh, our uh, professors insist that we need to have uh, our grades uh, calculated because they're very important for our future. They don't want our employers to see that, well, some particular law subjects are not graded, Mm -hmm. but simply indicate pass or fail. Uh, They think that this would be an issue and would Mm affect our possibility for job application successfully in the future, while some law schools think that they should give a a higher degree of flexibility to our students uh, for for them to to choose whether to apply for pass fail or to apply for grading but that could lead to unfairness because uh, some students may think that well i'm not particularly good at that subject Uh, that's why i could apply for pass fail and to Mm -hmm. escape the any effects on their cumulative gpa and and it it may help them get a first on degree because they exempted the grading of uh, Mm -hmm. some particular subjects that they're weak at so they're uh, a wide range of mm-hmm. debates and controversies in Hong Kong, and we have student representatives uh, within our our system. Mm-hmm. Let's say in, in my school in CUHK, uh, that uh, student representatives actually discuss with our program directors and our uh, our associate dean uh, to uh, to to reach out uh, a conclusion or a consensus on. Uh, which type of uh, examination assessment method is for the best interest of our students. Uh, and I think that uh, there's not a perfect solution to all of the questions uh, mentioned. So uh, in the Hong Kong context, I would say that uh, there are still some debates over particular topics. And uh, we hope that there would be a better solution in the future to to address those problems. But for the... Uh, other Asian countries, for example, uh, I, I come to the knowledge that well, for for example, in Sri Lanka, uh, the the pandemic actually affects their uh, their entrance to the bar examination, because uh, I noticed that in Sri Lanka, for example, the law students have to uh, attend the bar exam in order to uh, to be admitted to be legal practitioners. But because of the pandemic, the bar exam in in last year was postponed in the middle uh, and then uh, the formats could be ever-changing in sri lanka and uh, zoom is a very typical method of uh, uh, hosting uh, lessons in their country but there are some controversies but also in their online examination methods so basically uh, there are a lot of reported cases of cheating by students during the online examination and so on. And uh, there could be uh, other types of solutions in, in other countries. For example, in Myanmar, uh, the whole academic year is stopped, is suspended. So to them, the pandemic has brought a much huger impact on their education system. So uh, the state administration council in Myanmar, actually, you know, there's some problems there and so on. And then a few students uh, actually tried to reach to the government to uh, enlist a reopening of school and so on, but the school is still suspended. So uh, I could imagine that uh, the law students, my friends from Myanmar are facing a, 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 a kind of a, a bigger challenge uh, compared to us during the pandemic. Yeah. Also, in, also I didn't want to interrupt you. So, Sorry. Yeah. Also in... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Also, say in the uh, Philippines, for example, uh, they, uh, they, they need to uh, pass through the, the um, solutions or pass through the, the decisions of the, uh, of the bar association chairperson and so on. They also gave chances for students to choose whether to attend the bar exam this year or next year. But you can imagine that if, these, if all students or most of the students attend the bar, uh, the bar exam in next year, then the uh, attendance will, will, will be doubled. And that would, be, uh, that would mean that it would increase the administrative costs of, uh,
0: of the association. Do you think or do you have, as ELSA, a, a common point of view on these different challenges? Or is it up to every national chapter to define
1: priorities? Um, so uh, I think a good thing about ELSA is that uh, on one hand, we are subject to our constitution, meaning that uh, a lot of decisions will be, uh, will be followed by us on a democratic basis, meaning that in the uh, global, in the GCM, in the governing council meeting, uh, all the national presidents will get together mm-hmm. and given one person, one vote uh, to decide on particular issues. For example, whether we should, uh, move on to host a particular activity physically. And then if the majority of us oppose this idea, then you can imagine that the activity would be canceled. So in, from an international level, we actually need our consensus. We are not a, a one man talk. We need uh, the ideas of all our national chapters to, 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 uh, to form a consensus, to form a solution on how to tackle certain problems and so on. But from a national perspective, or from a local perspective, you could say, we are given a lot of uh, flexibilities in, in, uh, in, sh- in having our own stance or ha- having our own perspective or our own solutions towards uh, different, uh, mm-hmm. different uh, challenges we are facing. For example, myself as in my personal capacity, uh, I think that we should uh, mm-hmm. turn most of our activities online, but we need to be uh, practical, uh, for example, and currently the pandemic situation in Hong Kong actually improves. So uh, we, we we are trying to host uh, some uh, physical activities in the coming say August or September for our students. Uh, say we could uh, adhere to the uh, regulations by our governments uh, regards to any physical contact in public. Uh, and on that basis, we could uh, gradually uh, resume our physical events and so on. And I think that this challenge brings us opportunities like what what I've mentioned. Um, We are given a lot of flexibilities flexibilities in our decision-making. We could uh, make use of this opportunity uh, to create uh, more and more chances for our students to to broaden the horizon and so on. Uh, But from other... But for other national chapters, for example, say in, in Macau or in China or in Taiwan, they may think that it's not a good chance for them to resume the activities during the pandemic. So they may be less active during the pandemic. But I think it's totally fine because we are given our, our autonomy uh, in managing our personal our, our, our national affairs uh, within this organization and so on. So I think that uh, I respect their, their decision and so on but for like say uh, other national chapters, they would prefer having some communications uh, with other uh, counterparts because we think that uh, exchange of views is very important, especially as we mentioned, we are now living in a global village. We're not living in a, uh, if we could exchange our views and, and so on, mm-hmm. then we could tackle the challenge together with more insights and so on. So uh, for uh, in my capacity, I fostered a collaboration with ALSA, Singapore, uh, ALSA uh, Philippines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it ALSP to uh, launch uh, a legal camp for our law students in, in September. So it will be a, an online camp, presumably. So we hope that we could exchange our views during the, for the pandemic during this uh, very difficult time. And I think it's always a good thing to collect ideas from people from all walks of life. Uh, to to gain the insights because some of the experience could be transported to Hong Kong, for example, say for the experience in, in, in Philippines or in Sri Lanka or in other countries and so on. So I think knowledge could be transferable. So uh, on one hand, we have a, our autonomy to, to, to face a problem with our own methods. But on the other hand, we still welcome and we are still actively seeking help and seeking collaboration with our friends from other jurisdictions. So I, I think the
0: key well. value here is diversity and learning from each other, and, and it's not so much unification, right? So, so it's not a realistic scenario that uh, the Asian Law Students Association will come up with a white paper or policy paper asking for a specific way how to teach law or how to study law. It will be more up to the national chapters or even the local, the different local universities and within the local communities, then perhaps even competing universities. So it's very much about diversity, correct? Yeah, yeah. I see, I see. Yes, exactly. Roger, that was very, very interesting. Let me perhaps uh, ask one final question from my perspective, which is if you are looking a little bit more ahead into the future, so in two or three or five years as a practicing lawyer, Um, I don't know how many years you will still have to spend until you are a practicing lawyer, but then let's imagine that you are in this position, what will be your your opinion then about the pandemic and your opinion about the behavior of the Asian Law Students Association during the pandemic and the impact of your association on how how universities and, and faculties dealt with the
1: pandemic? Okay, thank you, uh, Nicholas, for your questions. Um, so I think that uh, maturity will, will change our point of view towards a, a great deal of aspects. So mm-hmm. I can't uh, really foresee uh, what I would say in the future or how mm-hmm. I would comment on my own association in the future. But I think it's always good to, to look back, uh, to go retrospective in order to reflect our own mistakes and to incorporate our previous experience in our uh, future challenges. So I think that's always a good practice. Um, I would imagine that uh, the pandemic uh, would would, would change my life uh, uh, both uh, positively and negatively. But I would say I would be more optimistic in the future because as we all know that uh, studying law or practicing law is a very tough and difficult job, which is why many law students quit law school each year. So in order to finish our job, in order to f- handle our job well, we need to be optimistic. It is a very key attitude towards our life and so on. So I would say the pandemic did have caused us some troubles during the, uh, during these few years, but we also have a lot of att- opportunities. And this is why I could have a chance to to meet you, sir, uh, online and then I could have a chance to speak at your famous program and YouTube. So I think that these are all chances created Mm -hmm. indirectly by the pandemic and so on. And looking back in a few years time, I think uh, I will still appreciate the chances I have. I'm a Catholic, so I would also extend my gratitude to our almighty God for for giving us Mm -hmm. some backup during the pandemic, during the difficult period of time and so on. And also on my comments on ALSA, the Asian Law Students Association will be that there are always more that we could do. Um, I appreciate the methods, the efforts of my counterparts, my colleagues, my friends from the association. They did a very brilliant job in launching a series of activities for our students. And it's not easy. Although it's held online, we still need a lot of manpower to monitor the activities. We need somebody to, uh, to, to check the attendance, we need somebody to monitor the Zoom functions, we need others to handle the registration and so on. So I think all of these are working experience that could help us with our future jobs or our future works as a fully-fledged lawyer. So I think uh, the pandemic has uh, opened our our horizon to a greater extent. Uh, We would be more brave. We would be more daring to to seek out, to reach out to to, uh, foreign people for networking and various purposes. So if I would need to suggest a few ways to improve my association and so on, I would say that uh, I suggest we will hold a summit for or our Law Students Association regularly, say in summer or in December, uh, because that uh, right now, as I've mentioned, we did have collaboration and a memorandum of understanding with uh, ELSA and other uh, continents associations. But we don't have a one-off event that is particularly made for all the leaders to get together to discuss, say, to have a roundtable discussion, etc. And I think that's very important. And this is why UN is here because we are living in global, global village. And if we have regular meetings, uh, then we could share our insights in, one, in a one-off basis every year. Uh, we could share our insights and our, our methods and so on. And that could inspire us to, uh, to a tremendous level. So my suggestion would be that we could form a larger, say, International Lawsoners uh, Association in the future that, that, that includes ALSA, ELSA, Australian, et cetera, so that we can get together to form a larger organization that serves our earth, our world as a whole. So that's my my uh, yeah, but that's a very positive and very very
0: uh, demanding perspective, I think. So there's plenty of work to be done, but we we let's start with it <laughs> today, Rajit. I thank you very very much, most warmly. This was very interesting and very impressive. I I wish you all the best for next year um, at campus, but or or remotely, however it will be and for the future career that you are uh, facing at the moment. And thank you to all of our listeners uh, for joining us today. I think uh, the Europeans in the room learned a lot about Asian perspectives, which is always important. And I hope that we stay in touch, that you stay interested and connected with us and in particular, and most importantly, I hope that you stay healthy or become healthy as quickly as possible. All the best to all of you and take care. Bye-bye.